The first reading can be found on page 231 of the New Testament section of the Church Bibles. It is taken from Peter's first letter, chapter 3, verse 8, to the first part of verse 18. Finally, all of you have unity of spirit, sympathy, love for one another, a tender heart and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but on the contrary, repay with a blessing. It is for this that you were called, that you might inherit a blessing. For those who desire life and desire to see good days, let them keep their tongues from evil and their lips from speaking deceit. Let them turn away from evil and do good. Let them seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? But even if you do suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear and do not be intimidated. But in your hearts, sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an account of the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Keep your conscience clear so that when you are maligned, those who abuse you for your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good if suffering should be God's will than to suffer for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the Gospel reading. It can be found on page 32 of the New Testament section of the Church Bibles. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. Now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, 
I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the gospel of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, show us yourself this morning and give us hearts, minds and bodies to obey you. Amen. What comes to mind when you hear that word evangelism? Mass meetings with Billy Graham's iconic words of the 50s and 60s. I want you to get up out of your seats. I note that this congregation is a certain, of a certain age to remember that. Is it American televangelists or our street evangelists haranguing people with archaic language on the street corner? Or is it the man on the moor with his sandwich board? Do such images obscure for you what evangelism is and colour your view of it? Put simply from verses 9 and 20 of our Matthew reading, evangelism is the making of disciples and teaching them what Jesus commands. The Anglican Communion that we are members of regards these as the first two of its marks of mission. They are proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and teaching new believers. The others are responding to human need by acts of loving service, transforming unjust structures of society, challenging violence of every kind and pursuing peace and reconciliation, and striving to safeguard the integrity of creation and sustaining and renewing the life of the earth. Evangelism is regarded as overarching. Why do it? Simply because Jesus commands it. Our Matthew reading is known as the Great Commission. All authority on earth and heaven is given to Jesus. Authority is the right to use power. Jesus has it. He says, go do it. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. We have no other option. Behind Jesus' command is the fact that God loves people deeply and wants to be with them now and forever. Who does it? The church. Us. It's not bold, heavily underlined, just Mark, the clergy and lay ministers, but heavily underlined, all of us, contributing time, talent and treasure. Rightly or wrongly, I detect an attitude that now says now there's a full staff team, they'll get on with the job, things will be fine and we won't have to do anything. 
That's worrying. What is the cutting edge of the church? A needle, the clergy, a small point with limited resources, or is it a highly resourced, long-cutting edge, the congregation supported and led by the clergy providing the necessary framework and learning? As Paul put it, the whole people of God prepared for ministry. Who are we to proclaim the good news to? It's to all of those we have built relationships with, family, friends, neighbours. It's true on the individual and corporate levels. The mission-shaped church report of 2004 found that before anything spiritual can be raised meaningfully with people, three to four years must be spent building relationships. Let's return briefly to the man on the moor with his sandwich board. I once took time to watch him. He wasn't walking up and down the moor in isolation. He was going from market stall to stall, shaking hands with stallholders, talking to them. Their body language and facial expression showed that they were at least content to talk to him. He was building relationships. In 1961, the theologian Jim Packer's snappily titled book, Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God, was published. In it, he wrote about friendship evangelism. He stressed that we need to earn the right to share the good news with people. There's a phrase too comfortable in Zion. Living with those who keep God's commandments of love creates a comfortable cocoon. It's so easy to become so immersed in church activities we have no interaction with others. If we're to obey Jesus, we need to create the space to live Christianly with others outside the church, to build relationships and to earn the right to evangelise. When Leslie and I moved here, our only contact with non-Christians was Leslie's at the school gate and mine at work. It's one of the reasons we got involved in Arabic dance. Leslie as a dancer, me as a drummer. When do we start talking to people about God? when God leads us to, with those we have built relationship with and earned the right to. There's an old saying, talk to God about people before talking to people about God. It almost goes without saying that we should be praying for all of those in contact with us, that God would provide opportunities for them to encounter him and to open their minds and hearts that they would believe. You might be the answer to your own prayers. When do we start talking to people about God? Sorry, where do we share the good news? 
We do it in the place where we are, the place God has put us. That's here, this locality, this church, in our families, with friends, at work, at the school gate, and in all the interest groups we belong to. We each have an individual circle of contacts. Those circles may overlap, but none are the same. God has put you where you are to be his witness. When she was young, a friend of ours worried about what future work God might have for her and where. His message to her was, be my witness where you are now. How do we go about it? A friend and I had parked the car after a long journey. Immediately we were out of it. The man was there. Are you ready? You don't know when disaster may happen. You need to be ready. He seemed to be the stereotypical evangelist. Were we being invited into God's kingdom? No. We were being asked to join the AA. (laughs) Clearly, we should not be like the AA man. The answer is in our passage from 1 Peter. We are to be ready to give an answer or defence for the hope that is in us. We are to be so attractive in what we do and say that people ask, why? We do it by loving people as we love ourselves or as Jesus loved us, sacrificially. We do it by being sympathetic, compassionate, humble, not retaliating and showing grace, unmerited generosity. We do it by giving our best to every situation, at home, at work, wherever. We do it by not worrying, but by putting everything in God's hands in prayer. Remember, Jesus said, I am with you to the end of the age. Our message is that God loves people, us, deeply and wants to be with us now and forever. Share your experience of God's love. Share the facts of the good news. All have fallen short of God's glory. None of us are good enough on our own for eternal life. But Jesus' death and resurrection makes us good enough. God's great love is that he was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself. We need to believe, turn round and follow Jesus' teaching. Do you feel you can't do this? Is it because you feel you don't know enough? Or because you feel you don't think fast enough in conversation and get caught out? We're not alone. Moses felt that way when God gave him the task of leading his people in the Exodus. 
We're also not alone in that we have the Holy Spirit who moves in others independently, convincing of sin, righteousness and judgment and revealing Christ as the truth. When Moses told God he wasn't a speaker, God gave him someone who could, his brother Aaron. Even though you may not feel able to speak, you will know people who can. They are perhaps the people who will lead and speak at our activities and events the church will put on. Our role is to volunteer to help in running these and to invite our friends. Last Sunday was an ideal one to invite friends to church and to hear Mark's inspired evangelistic sermon at 9.15. Jesus Christ divides. In talking about him, we risk rejection. Do you keep quiet because you're afraid? For us, Jesus has both a stick and a carrot. He says if we're ashamed of him, he will be ashamed of us on the last day. He also says, as we've read and heard already, that he will be with us until the end of the age. He said we should not worry about what to say in hostile circumstances because the Holy Spirit will give us the words. The Holy Spirit converts people, not us. It's been said that most people come to faith at the end of a chain of seven or eight contacts. It's not all on us. We just need to be faithful links in a chain. Remember, God loves people deeply and wants to be with them now and forever. Jesus commands us, all of us, to go and tell them by corporately and individually forming friendships with them and earning the right to do so. Our lives are to be so attractive that people ask us why we are how we are. We need to be able to tell them. Remember, the Holy Spirit converts people, not us. We just have to be faithful links in a chain of witnesses. If you can't speak... You will know people who can. With the Holy Spirit's help, your purpose is to bring together those who can speak and your friends who don't know God. Remember, Jesus said that through his Holy Spirit, he would be with us to the end of the age. So be it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you have called us to be your representatives here. Fill us with your Holy Spirit that we might obey you and go out and tell all of those we're in relationship with 
that you are the saviour of the world. Lord, in your mercy, keep your promise and be with us and speak through us.